A part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Underway for a Monday morning. Thanks for listening in. Appreciate it. 607. We are at 22 degrees outside. Chris and I did uh, something for the first time <laughs> we got, uh, since last winter. We got fully dressed. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I wore pants on Friday for our uh, hometown breakfast. Mm-hmm. And thanks to everybody who showed up. A uh, great crowd at our hometown breakfast and on Friday. By the way, you should probably point out you usually wear shorts. You don't just go without pants. Not all the time. Well, usually, I said. You know, hop out of bed. If I'm late, I just go. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I'm I appreciate the fact that you usually get up early. Today, um, pants, mm-hmm. a sweatshirt, and a coat. Mm-hmm. My only difference, I, I'm, I'm usually you know dressed head to toe, but I normally don't wear a coat ever unless it gets under 25 degrees. And guess what? It's under 25 degrees. By the way, for those of you who have moved here um, most recently this year and are thinking, hey, is this a normal uh, fall? Because we are still in fall. Uh, no, our average temperature uh, this time of year is 52 degrees. Just just not this week. It, it, not this week, not last week, not the week before. <laughs> it, it's just been a weird summer. It's been a weird fall, which we only had about two weeks of uh, fall-type weather for fall. Uh, and then here we are. We've seen a good amount of snow already in the mountains, and it's been cold, so that snow has been sticking around. I guess um, for those of you who like to ski... Um, Keep your fingers crossed that this holds up because uh, as of right now, we're not seeing uh, anything melting. And they continue on the resorts that do make their own yeah. snow, like Bogus well, and Sun ski. Valley, will continue to uh, add to that base. Ski season basically opened uh, this past Saturday, didn't it? No. It didn't? Thanksgiving it was Day. supposed to. Thanksgiving Day, I thought. It opened someplace on Saturday. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, Sun Valley announced they're opening up on Thanksgiving. Bogus announced that they're opening up on Thanksgiving, and I haven't heard anything for Tamarack and Brundage, so maybe those are the places that you... I don't know if they've got enough snow there yet or not. Um, Tamarack has, I think, very limited snowmaking ability, and then Brundage doesn't have uh, snowmaking ability at all, so they count on all organic snow falling to uh, put their resort down. I wonder if maybe North Idaho, Schweitzer? Still looking. All right, you can. I saw a headline. Somebody opened. Well, I'm sure oh, there's somebody well, in the world. Opened. Lookout Pass is open. That's that's a, a oh, that's yeah, yeah. Or that's, that's more, just outside of Seattle. They open up early every that's, year. That's more than walking distance. Yeah. Um, a Lookout Pass in Idaho. I meant. Oh, Lookout Pass in Idaho. Yeah. Now where's that at? Uh, north, I believe. Is that North Idaho? Okay. Yeah, the the ski, ski resorts here open up. Uh, God, next week is Thanksgiving. I just realized I'm looking mm-hmm. at it, like, they open up, oh, yeah, next week. Uh, by the way, that's also big for us because the day after Thanksgiving, of course, is Black Friday. And for us here at KBOI and you who uh, hope to partake, and we, we want everybody to partake, it is Idaho's largest toy drive, and that gets underway next Friday. We're only uh, a little over a week away, like 10 days away, um, and it will be going on for a full week for you to get involved. Now, keep in mind, we've been uh, getting out our boxes to make sure that everybody who wants to be involved can be involved. It's brought to you by Idaho Central Credit Union, TDS Fiber, Scandinavian Designs, and it all gets underway next Friday, Black Friday. And if you would like to get yourself a box because you want to uh, start gathering toys, uh, please email Nate 
at kboi.com, and we'll make sure that you get that box, whether it's a um, church group, uh, if you have a business, even if you have a large family and your family wants to get involved, uh, make sure and uh, email Nate at kboi.com, like I said, and we'll make sure you uh, have your box. We'll be broadcasting live once again from our uh, location that we have been broadcasting for uh, the past few years, right out in uh, front of Sportsman's Warehouse there by Walmart, just off Fairview, and uh, we'll be doing our show live. Lookout Pass is on the Idaho-Montana border, 12 miles from Wallace. There you go. So way, which, way north Idaho. That's uh, up north a bit, yes. Yeah, way, way north Idaho. So, um, No snow in our forecast. I did look for the next 10 days, so uh, at least for those of you who might be traveling for the Thanksgiving holiday, at least locally, we're not going to see too much uh, snow uh, here in our area, which is good news because that's the biggest travel day of the year. Other news we're talking about this morning, uh, and we'll continue to talk about and update uh, you with. Uh, you heard one of the stories there at the top of the hour. Um, Rick Worthington told you about police searching a residential backyard in Fruitland related to the Michael Vaughn disappearance. Uh, police were outside the home Saturday and Sunday with tractor and dumpsters because uh, they received a lead in relation to the disappearance of Michael Vaughn, the five-year-old boy in Fruitland who uh, went missing uh, in July of 2021, during the course of their investigation, police receive information that remains of Michael Vaughn might be found behind that house. As a result, they obtained a search warrant. Police have not, as of yet, at last report, found anything, but will continue to excavate yeah. in hopes of finding his remains. Big story up in Moscow, too. Four uh, students at the University of Idaho were killed yesterday in an apparent homicide. Um killed in a home that was turned into an apartment. All four of the individuals who were killed were Idaho students. Wow. Uh, as of yeah, yet. Classes are canceled at the U of I today. Yeah. As of yet, there is no suspect in custody. That was as of last night. We'll continue to keep that up to date for you. Um, the house slash apartment uh, located on King Road in Moscow. It's about three miles from the campus. But as I said, that it has been confirmed that all Four of the people killed were University of Idaho students, unfortunately, and uh, the names have not been released as of yet, pending notification of next to Ken. It's another story that we'll be following for you this morning. Um, Another story nationally having to do with a shooting at uh, University of Virginia campus yesterday. Three people were killed in uh, a uh, shooting yesterday on campus. I think two others, uh, if I have seen the updates correctly, uh, also injured in that. And the shooter, they know the identity of who they're looking for has not been found Mm. as of yet. Yeah, it says a manhunt is underway. Uh, Three shot dead and two wounded. We'll continue to keep you updated on some of those stories today and more. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670. On your Verizon wireless, if you want to uh, also email us, you can do that to chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Text us, too, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. A lot of sporting news over the weekend. Let's get you updated on what's going on with that. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Don't forget, tomorrow we have a win. Boise State has a win. You know what that means? Half price Blue Bronco. Both locations. It's half price. Normally, uh, around twelve bucks, you'll be able to get it for about six bucks. First, first time tomorrow I ever, only. First time I ever walked in there when Chef Wally and you know, I was in charge. Uh, he 
he says, uh, I said, he says, what do you want? And I said, well, what's good? And he says, I'll bring you something. And he brought me a, a blue, blue Bronco. Bronco. It, it, it is good. Wonderful. And it's half price after every Bronco win. So that means coming up tomorrow, you'll be able to get it. And every Tuesday after a Bronco win. Good morning. Well, Boise State is 6-0 and in the Mountain West after they beat up on Nevada 41-3 to over the weekend in Reno. Bob Beeler with more on that today. The Bronco offense rolled up 528 yards in a balanced effort, 267 rushing and 261 passing. Running back George Halani had 115 yards and two touchdowns and talked about the challenges running in snowy conditions. In the beginning it did because uh, one of the carries in the first quarter, I kind of slipped and, and fell when it could have been uh, a better run. But, yeah, I think it's just uh, being patient and uh, having my feet under me and just being able to uh, make those cuts and just have balance. It was Halani's fifth 100-yard game this year and 12th career. All Bronco wins. Boise State clinches the Mountain Division with a victory Saturday at Wyoming. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Some good news for the Broncos. The men's basketball team also got a win on Saturday, beating up on Washington State here in Boise, 71-61. to Marcus Shaver Jr. had 15 points and 10 boards, along with five assists for the Broncos in that game. With the victory, Boise State now improves to 1-1. One one. Washington State, with the loss, gets their first loss of the year. They're also 1-1. One one. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Between the patented pan. Then what do you do, gang? It's simple. You reach for the tool that is not a slicer, it's not a dicer, it's not a chopper and a hopper. What could it possibly be? It is sledge o medic Hey! Nothing bad, quick and easy. Applesauce in an instant. But can he do it with a watermelon? Ow, bang, bang, grande! Ole! Oh, man. Um, in my years in college and after college, uh, one of the funniest touring comedians around was uh, Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Died Friday, uh, had a uh, short health battle. He was 76 years old. Family confirmed the cause of death was uh, massive organ failure. Um, he had also survived uh, numerous heart attacks over the last couple of years. And he came out of a coma. He described it all when he uh, appeared on uh, Letterman. When Letterman was still on the air, um, but anyway, uh, passed away at the age of seventy-six years old on uh, Friday. Yeah, I was a big Gallagher fan. I saw him perform once. I guess it was maybe close to twenty years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, I had a cassette tape. He, I think he only put out like one cassette tape, and I had it when I was in college and uh, memorized it for the most part. I can remember uh, in college I, distinctly the first time he ever appeared anywhere on television was uh, with Johnny Carson. And I had never heard of him before, but I can remember being up watching Johnny Carson in college and went, oh, my God, this guy is absolutely hilarious and uh, went on to make a lot of money. Well, him and his brother, if you remember, there was a fight yeah. between the two of them. Ron, who Ron. really was Gallagher. Because his brother did travel as as a comedian named Gallagher, but uh, he was supposed to uh, let everybody know that he was actually Ron Gallagher and not Leo, who yeah. was the actual Gallagher. 
And after a while, he just started calling himself Gallagher, so his brother had to sue him. <laughs> and believe it or not, they actually looked alike, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, and they, you know, both had the sledgematic yeah. thing in their act, so when you saw Gallagher and you went, well, I don't know which Gallagher this but, is. But Ron Gallagher was almost a tribute act to yeah. his brother, yeah. which is weird. Absolutely uh, he, crazy. Uh, Gallagher started a show, uh, one of his uh, tours, he started a show by saying, I bet you don't know that I'm an astrologer if you call out your astrological sign... I'll tell you a little bit about yourself one at a time. And the guy yells out, Pisces. And he says, Pisces, sign of the big mouth, first to call out in any group. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I thought he that was, was funny. He, and he was very funny beyond, I mean, his, his shtick was the sledgematic. That was probably what he was known for. But beyond that, I mean, well, he was I, a real thinking man. Yeah, when he, comedian. Uh, when he talked about, uh, you know, language. Yeah. Like, like he'd spell words that sounded the same, but were just completely different. And he'd talk about how basically English didn't make any sense. Um, I think I actually uh, have that because uh, we'll, we'll give that to you coming up here because that was really funny. And, and it's totally true when you think about the English language. It yeah. doesn't make sense because some words spelled exactly the same are not pronounced anywhere close what's to that, the what's same. What's that? Uh, you, can, you can do it, though, through thorough thought. <laughs> yes. You know, try, try to spell that. <laughs> 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless uh, this morning. As a matter of fact, this started on Friday at KBOI.com. Uh, you, you can see our sweet bids auction that is going on right now. couple, only two things that are up for uh, grabs and great deals if you can uh, get at them. Today, a $3,900 Quadrifier pellet stove from Leisure Time. Uh, currently, it's seven hundred dollars. That's what the uh, sweet bid is at. So you're getting a great deal. Sweet bids are going to be going on through this week. You can also get a three thousand dollar electric bicycle from McHugh's. Currently bidding at seven hundred fifty dollars. But this is one thing that's different than uh, the uh, Tuesday's election, where you know you're not allowed to vote early and vote often. This is an auction where you are allowed to bid early and bid often. Uh, if you want to make sure that you uh, get that, check it out, kboi.com. Like I said, an electric bike and a quadrifier pellet stove. All could be yours. You can get one or both of them by bidding early and bidding often at our sweet bids. Check it out at kboi.com. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I tried to learn to read ahead of time. I'd ask my dad signs on the roadside. What does that say, Dad? He'd say, good food. I say, why? They both end in O-O-D. Those words ought to rhyme. It ought to be good food. <laughs> or good food. Why is it good food? It doesn't matter. Why should I be serious about the language if the language isn't serious enough to make sense? Right, gang? <laughs> well, let's take the word bomb. B-O-M-B, right? Bomb? Bomb. B-O-M-B? All right. T-O-M-B. Tom? No. Tomb. All right. T-O-M-B, tomb. C-O-M-B, comb? Comb. All right, C-O-M-B, comb. P-O-M-B, poem? No, P-O-E-M, poem. All right, P-O-E-M, poem. H-O-E-M, home? No, H-O-M-E. All right, H-O-M-E, home. S-O-M-E, psalm? No, psalm. All right, S-O-M-E, some. N-O-M-E, numb? No. N-U-M-B. 
see the <laughs> language mate you were talking about from Gallagher who yeah. passed away uh, oh, and this he, past weekend. He had a lot of those, and it kind of went on forever. Yeah. Um, like I said, he known for the sledgematic uh, bit that he did. That was one of the first things that he uh, ever did and continued to do, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, the one thing, you, when you went to one of his shows, you either wanted to sit in the first five rows or you didn't want to sit I, in the first five rows. I sat way back. Yeah. Um, first five rows just got pelted mm-hmm. um, with fruit juice and fruit bits uh, when you went when, to his shows. When he would perform someplace... If a lot of the venues would, would cover up, you know, anything they had that was expensive, like a carpet, uh, they would cover it up because they knew it was just <laughs> going to get thrashed. It is uh, six forty-four. Phone lines open two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, in addition to the stories we talked about that we're following along, uh, four students, University of Idaho students, uh, dead. Uh, we'll continue to follow that story. Also, uh, it looks like that they are excavating. The backyard of a home in Fruitland in the hopes of finding the body of the five-year-old boy who has been missing since July of last year. We'll uh, talk more about that. Also on the way, um, here it is tomorrow. will be a week since the election. And do we know the uh, election results? Nope. Still don't know the election results as of yet. We'll talk more about that coming up. Um, however, we do know the results uh, of one portion of Congress and who will be in control this year. We'll talk about that coming up after top of the hour and more. Right now, time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guy's Fresh Deli, the place to go for lunch every day, but especially tomorrow. Because tomorrow, because of the Bronco win, the Blue Bronco is half price. So it's around $12 usually. Tomorrow you'll get it for around $6. Team that up with a bowl of soup. Not only is it cheap, inexpensive, it's delicious. And you get it at both locations, East Boise and in Meridian. The Seattle Seahawks had to go all the way to Germany to play a game against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers wanted this game, and they pulled out all the stops, including putting a 45-year-old quarterback out in a pass pattern. Didn't work out so well for him, though. Wildcat again. Do you ever throw this coach? Here's Fournette. To Brady in the direct snap. Fournette. He is going to throw it to Brady. Oh, Brady slips and he's picked up by Tariq Warren. Goodness gracious! Oh, boy. They, they had to just put this in. The Bucks were moving, and a flag comes out at the end of the play. Regardless of whether you should do it or not, doesn't really matter. The Seahawks couldn't get it done in the end, though. The Buccaneers in Germany beat the Seattle Seahawks, a game that you heard right here on News Talk KBOI, twenty-one to sixteen. Lots of other NFL games played yesterday as well. How about Jeff Saturday stepping into the head coach's position for the Indianapolis Colts after actually never coaching anything in his life? Under center, Ryan. Again, hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Big run, 40, 45, 50. Breaks it outside. Down the far sideline. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. 10, 5. And he is close to the end zone. Did he stay in? Yes. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. A 66-yard run to pay dirt for Jonathan Taylor. That was a call on WFNI as Jonathan Taylor went 66 yards for that touchdown. At the time, it gave the Colts a 19-14 lead over the Raiders. Indianapolis went on to beat the Raiders 25-20 in Las Vegas. And yeah, Jeff Saturday, who's never coached a game in his life, gets a win in his first ever coaching stint in the NFL against the Raiders. That's how bad they are. I'm not bitter or anything. I'm Rick Worthington. 
Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, we got a few things to uh, give away this morning. Good reason to lock in your speed dial at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, coming up, of course, you already know about the $50 lock, stock, and barrel gift certificate that we're going to be giving away for our play of the game. Rick Worthington chose that for you on Saturday night. Listen between 8.30 and 9 o'clock to win that. We also have a pair of tickets to the Idaho Snowmobile Show uh, this weekend. If you'd like to go to that, stick around. Uh, we'll get you those tickets. And, of course... For the Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Uh, for all your real estate needs, this is the first call you need to make at 208-888-4128. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza that you can win. By the way, one of our sweet deals this week is also the Blaze Pizza $50 gift certificate for 25 bucks. This is a free one for you if you can answer our question today. Uh, our question today, uh, Certain groups of American citizens are not required to get Social Security numbers. Our question today is, which groups not required to get Social Security numbers in America? If you know the answer, stick around. You can win. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Democrats celebrating a narrow victory after beating the odds and defying history to secure the majority in the Senate. Nevada handing Republicans the crushing blow. Democratic Senator Catherine Cortez Masto winning re-election, defeating Republican Adam Laxalt in one of the tightest races in the country. With Senator Mark Kelly's win in Arizona, Democrats now have 50 seats with a chance to pick up one more in Georgia's runoff election next month. So what do you know? Georgia isn't going to matter. Well, a little, I suppose. It'll still it'll still be interesting to watch. Yeah, um, how much money is going to be spent? How nasty it gets? Did December sixth will be the uh, election day. Did you see Lindsey Graham over the weekend? I did not. He was, jeez, uh, it was like he was about ready to cry. He was just pleading for people to uh, stop being uh, so uh, racist to uh, Herschel Walker. And I'm thinking, well, geez, he's running against Raphael Warnock, who's not exactly not black uh, himself. <laughs> what, 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 but he is, says people are people are completely scared by a black Republican, is what he said. So, uh, so they're scared by a black Republican, but that's, not uh, a black Democrat? Is that what No, it was? apparently not. Huh. But he, he says that's you know, discrimination. So. Um, and we mentioned this last week, that if any one of the parties won Nevada and Arizona... If Republicans had won it, then there was no then then it was going to be a very important race coming in. If Democrats won it, then uh, it didn't matter. It was going to be Democrats retaining control of the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, the House, though, currently uh, up for debate on who's going to control that. The prediction for Maricopa County, the state's biggest and home to Phoenix, was that they would have 95% of ballots processed by Friday. That has slipped a bit. Now they're saying they should have it all done on Monday. They say there were so many last-minute dropped-off early ballots, 290,000 of them dropped off on Election Day, that verifying the signatures on them and processing them is taking some time. But they say everything is going according to plan and how it normally does in Arizona, despite the outside critics who want to claim something is wrong. As of yesterday, CBS News uh, estimates that Republicans will win at least 214 seats, while Democrats are estimated to win at least 210 seats. Now, that's as well, of yeah, yesterday, the, according the, to the majority. Estimates. 
the majority would be 218 to yep. 217. Yep. Uh, but there are currently 11 races that have not, not been called, and 10 of those seats are considered battlegrounds. Of those remaining in battleground districts, five are rated as toss-ups. Two are in the likely Democrat category. One was leaning Democrat, and two were leaning Republican, which is what makes up those final votes to decide who is going to um, basically win control of the House. Democrats would have to win at least eight of the uh, remaining 11 seats. Even uh, Democrats are saying that it's a miracle (laughs) if it could happen, but there is a possibility that it could happen. I think it's going to end up... uh well, I mean, obviously, the, it's it's going to end up Democrats in the Senate, but I think it'll end up Republicans in the House. And it's going to be very, very close if it does. Um, that's the best odds on right now is that it's going to be a very small minority or majority, rather, in the yeah. House for Republicans if they if they hey. do win, which is problematic. In the House, a majority is a majority, though. In in the Senate, yes. if you don't have 60 votes on a lot of stuff, you, you lose. The House, uh, a majority is a majority as long as you have people that will vote with you in the Republican Party. And you saw the problem with that in the Democratic Party with the um, AOC and her squad. And the Republicans will have the same problem if they have a very small minority mm-hmm. with the Freedom Caucus, because the Freedom Caucus can say, look, if you don't give us this, we're not going to vote with you on your policies and things that you want to get passed. Yeah. So unfortunately, the Freedom Caucus, um, which is you know the more conservative wing of the uh, House, would have a, a lot of control and a lot of power strength more in, than they would. Yeah, strength in numbers, especially if you stick together. Yeah. Uh, Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning. Yeah, I was just going to talk about the midterms and how the... Can you can you do the, us a favor if you're going to talk about the midterms? Can you take us off your speakerphone? Oh, yeah, let me see if I can do that. Yeah, then, then, then we can actually hear what you're saying, in case, in case it's something important. <laughs> Not likely, Mike. <laughs> yeah, um, I think what happened was the Democrats are so good at it hate to admit it, but they prepare a year in advance. They know who's going to be in place, who's going to be running for what office and for what duration. And we, as Republican people, we tended to have a knee jerk where we saw Biden's America suddenly slip into Neverland, basically. And so we had the knee jerk with that. And so we had a referendum on Biden when he wasn't even on the ballot. (laughs) And we focused on that. But we focused on it, I thought, too late. They They didn't have their men ready to go when it was called to arms. And somebody made that comment to me, and I, I had to think about that. And I thought, you know, that guy is right that was saying that. They seem to do that each and every time. And the one thing that came out about this is um, what I see, not the end result of the different different people getting the different wins and, and losses, but we've got a real problem with Donald Trump. I think I think his narcissism has gotten the better of him, and and he wants to be the star of the attention, and that's why he announced that he was going to announce something in November, what the fifteenth? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. And what I've seen Biden do in the last two years 
is divide the country. And now what I'm seeing Trump do is divide the Republicans between DeSantis and himself. And what they need to do is unify. I think it would be in the best interest, not only of Donald J. Trump, but in the rest of the American people that are Republicans that want a Republican president, that he turns his power and his base over to DeSantis and he bows out respectfully. I don't see it happening, but that's what I see as being the way out of this. Isn't this? Because if they don't, if they don't it's going to be it's going to be a slaughter when, when it comes time for the 2024. Right. When was the last time you remember being just two years away from the uh, presidential election and not being positive who's going to be the uh, candidate for either party? Yeah, I mean, uh, it could end up being you know Biden Trump again. Yeah. On the other hand, people could say, okay, you guys both need to retire. Let's get somebody younger in there. We yeah. don't know. Uh, and what you just said is one hundred percent true. In that, you know, now granted, usually the party that is not in the presidency hasn't announced two years before. But, but you have a good, you, but you have a good idea. I mean, at least you know two, right. one or two or three. Um, but where you said you don't have an idea that the next person mm-hmm. who is still able to be elected again if he's going to run or not in the in the form of biden oh well, we never had right. one that we, was we never had one that was 80 before yeah uh and who would be 86 if they were elected again by the time they left office um y- you know he brings up a great point and we'll talk about this a little bit uh more this morning now as we start to dissect what's going on with the election um what was the problem with uh republicans that was expected and and everybody was saying at the least it was going to be a ripple um, possibly a red wave, and man, it turned out to be a trickle, and maybe there's still a way for Democrats to win the House that you you might not see any of that happen. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on what you thought was the problem? We'll get to those. You can email Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. We'll take your phone calls after news at the bottom of the hour. Right now, though, time for another check on sports, brought to you by Fat Guys. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Boise State football on Saturday. Well, they did pretty good. 41 to 3, a victory in Reno over the Nevada Wolfpack on Saturday. And with that, they're one step closer to clinching the Mountain Division. They can get it if they can pick up a victory on Saturday at Wyoming. The defense got after the Wolfpack, holding them to just 250 yards for the game. The pass rush was active, registering four sacks. Scott Matlock had one of them in addition to a team leading seven tackles. Yeah, you know, we just wanted to, to run our blitz patterns and, you know, in the cr- correct way. We wanted to make sure that we leveraged him firstly, not let him get out of the pocket and extend plays with his, with his legs. Credit to the coaches, you know, giving us some, some good plays and putting us in good positions to go get to the quarterback. And obviously we were able to create some pressure, confuse him, and um, allow us more time to get home. Boise State's offense racked up 528 yards in the win. Taylor Green threw for 218, and George Helani ran for 115. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. So, Boise State will have an opportunity to lock up the Mountain Division if they can win on Saturday at Wyoming. That game will kick off at 5 p.m. right here on News Talk KBOI. Pre-game will start for you at 12 o'clock on Saturday. Now, the Bronco men's basketball team also got a win this weekend. They defeated Wazoo 71-61 to at ICU Arena here in Boise. The Broncos now one and one on the season. Washington State, they are also one and one on the season. Big game for Marcus Shaver Jr. He had 15 points, 10 boards to go along with five dimes in that game. The Broncos men's basketball team will play later on this week against Charlotte at home. I'm Rick Worthington. 
Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 724, Jeremiah Bates with us to talk about your money this morning. Uh, Big rally for stocks last week. Uh, A lot of people with money invested in 401ks, IRAs, really happy as they wake up this morning. However, uh, looking like we're going to open up on the downside here in a few minutes. But as we start the week, uh, I want to talk about the big story last week about the crypto markets grappling with the FTX collapse. How is Tom Brady going to be able to feed his family? (laughs) No, here's the thing. This is, I mean, hidden headline, hitting headlines. It, it's just such a rate, and then you just look at everything else involved with this of how it was advertised, how it was broadcasted. You had Tom Brady, you had Steph Curry. I mean, FTX was really looked at as one of the more. I guess, favorable places that you could use as an exchange, meaning you could turn your dollars into a cryptocurrency. And of course, this is unfolding like a Hollywood story as it seems like the hours go on as far as the CEO, Sam Sam Free Brinkman, or Brinkman Freed, I don't know exactly how you say it, but his uh, flee to the Bahamas and the fact that there may have been some type of loophole in which they moved a tremendous amount of customer assets on FTX to what's called cold storage, meaning there was some type of loophole on the back end through the programming that the funds have disappeared. Now, where they have gone, I think it's unknown at this point, but uh, but the, the resulting effect across the board in the crypto space is you're looking at a real dent in credibility, and you're looking at a lot of people removing their funds from these exchanges. So over the past few days, you've seen billions of dollars of outflow from all the exchanges in the crypto space. You've seen almost $4 billion in Bitcoin, almost $3 billion in Ethereum, um, almost $2 billion in what's called stable coins, meaning they try to track the US dollar. All these were taken off exchanges because the the safety that people once thought they had with these exchanges, it's it's taken a huge credibility hit and people are trying to take these dollars and run so they're not subject to any lockups like most of these uh, customers on FTC are dealing with right now. So Tough to say what's going to happen with FTX. I mean, obviously, the if trying to find the funds that have disappeared, that'll be interesting. News will probably come up as the week goes on. But I think likely this is a this is a learning lesson for a lot of crypto speculators and crypto investors. And what will likely happen is they'll move off of the exchanges and move into more what's called safe decentralized wallets, or it's called called cold storage, meaning it's usually on a thumb drive. It's not connected to the internet at all, so you and can't be subject to And that's because the, if you do that, then it's not up for fraud people can't go in and take it from you without your knowledge right well yeah think of it it there think of it like the cash in your uh in your wallet right the only way you can then no one can necessarily hack it i mean you could lose it and then you're left with zero recourse right that's the same concept cold storage means it's not online no one can hack it it can't be locked up in an exchange or or held up in an exchange it is it is on your person but if you lose that hardware you're screwed you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, like I said, looking like we're going to open up on the downside here in a few minutes. 78 points. Uh, Dow is down as of right now after a big week uh, this past week. But we'll keep an eye on that, get an update from you in an hour, and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
7.42. He's Chris Weldon. I'm Mike Asper. Thanks for listening in. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. I uh, had thought that the reason that it was so hard to get on an airplane anymore was uh, to stop this. And if you remember back on 9-11, this was uh, something that happened on the flights on 9-11. But a flight headed to Tampa from Cincinnati had to divert to Atlanta over the weekend because a man with a box cutter was making threats to passengers. And if he, you're he actually got on with one. Got on with a box cutter. How, how does that even happen these days? I mean, that's what the 9-11 guys had, box yeah, cutters. box cutters. Uh, luckily, there were veterans on board, and they were able to defuse the situation and subdue the man. Here's uh, veteran Larry Cumberbatch talking about taking action to keep uh, everyone safe on the flight. The lady came up and told us that the person sitting in the center seats had a weapon and showed it to them and said he's going to cut multiple people on the flight. And he has a weapon. And I don't know what kind of weapon it is. But basically he said, yeah. hey, uh, I'm going to be sitting here from now on. And then he said, uh, no, the young lady's sitting here. He got, like, frantic. He said, oh, no. And then he got up, went to the back of the plane. He was um, concerned that maybe his movement was going to go towards them and, her, and harm them. And then he just grabbed them, a beer hug, you know, and they fell. Once again, the question, I mean, I can't get on a plane for crying out loud with a, uh, a bottle of alcohol without having it taken away but true, true yeah box cutters um, any any liquid you have more than three ounces yeah of, they'll get rid of if I, I mean i've i've had a few different things i had a uh a, a large nail clippers at one time that was taken away from me that i had had a toenail clippers and i had, had it in my pocket i'd forgot to taking it out and I, I wasn't able to take my toenail clippers through. In all seriousness, they don't want to risk that you'll, you know, start clipping somebody's nails. So how does a box cutter get through? Because, as you mentioned, this is what the weapons at 9-11, the uh, people who hijacked the planes apparently had, had box cutters. So how mm-hmm. in the world did somebody get through with a box cutter? I just it's, Somebody's going to have to a- answer some of those A very questions. valid question, I would think. Yeah. KBLI News Time 744. I uh, just saw some breaking news. Uh, another celebrity death to report this morning. Jennifer Aniston's father, John Aniston, mm. Days of Our Lives legend, who was on Days of Our Lives for decades, has passed away at the age of 89 this morning. Oh, that's too bad. Yep. Uh, also, like I said, Jennifer Aniston's uh, father. KBY News Time, as I said, 7.44. Time for our final check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Daily. Now it's our, our final check on sports in general it is bronco monday we're still going to be talking about the broncos with bob beeler coming up here in about 45 minutes this update however brought to you by fat guys fresh deli the place to go for lunch every day monday through saturday they open up at 10 30 tomorrow morning you might want to get there early before they run out of the blue bronco why might they run out because it's half price because the broncos won on saturday every time the broncos win every tuesday morning at fat guys fresh deli you can get the blue bronco for half price Some great NFL games played on Sunday. It included the Buffalo Bills taking on the Minnesota Vikings. 33 from the Bills, 22 scoreless, feeling in motion to the right of Cousins. Buffalo rushes for Kirk Fate, end zone, and it is caught! Touchdown! He's J.J. And the Minnesota Vikings have taken a 6-0 lead. That was the call on K-Fan as Kirk Cousin completed that pass to Justin Jefferson. 22 yards of the touchdown. It gave the Vikings the first lead of the game, 7-0 over the Bills at that time. 
went all the way down to the wire in overtime. Allen back to pass in the pocket to the end zone. Yes! It is and he slides down, and the Minnesota Vikings are eight and one. We're still having fun. We're eight and one, and they come to Buffalo and they walk off on Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. Well, the Vikings got a thirty-three to thirty win over the Bills in overtime in that game. There are some really good plays though made yesterday in the NFL, including this from Travis Kelsey. Goal to go at the six. Chiefs are spread three wide left and a triangle, two to the right. Now Mahomes fires Kelsey. Quick touchdown, Kansas City. A fourth touchdown pass by. Patrick Mahomes, this time to Kelsey, his buddy for seven yards. <laughs> it was a 27-10 to lead with that touchdown pass. Kansas City went on to beat the Jags yesterday by a score of 27-17 to as well. And there's more NFL on for you tonight. It'll be the Washington Commanders taking on the 8-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, the Eagles are the only unbeaten team left in the NFL. I'm Rick Worthington. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53, hometown breakfast, uh, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Thank you to everybody who showed up at uh, La Peep. Probably one of the bigger locations that we go to as far as uh, seats. And yet, uh, as we left, I don't know, I'm sure you noticed as we left, people, people were waiting. Door. Yeah, people waiting in line. <laughs> I, I love it, and uh, thank you to uh, all the veterans who showed up to get their free meal. Um, one of the various locations that we stopped by uh, for our hometown breakfast over the last few weeks that did free meals. Lapeep did free meals for all veterans all day. Uh, once again, thank you to Biscuit and Hogs and also the original Sunrise Cafe. They also did free meals for veterans all day on Veterans Day um, on Friday. Thank you very much for those who participated. It was great seeing everybody and uh, getting a chance to meet you this week. This will be our final fall hometown breakfast. Boo. Always sad when I and I see the last one coming up here. Uh, this week we are headed to Bob's in uh, Nampa, just uh, off of the uh, I-84 uh, exit there, Franklin exit, right next to the Shiloh Inn. Fantastic meals here at Bob's. Biscuit and gravy, omelets, pancakes, whatever you want, they have it. And also, the cool thing, and this is this is a great thing because it is one week away from our Idaho's largest garage sale, or Idaho's largest uh, toy <laughs> there um, we go. drive. Toy drive. Uh, proud sponsor of Idaho's largest toy drive, the Hometown Breakfast, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing this Friday. will be at Bob's. There will be a toy box there. If you want to donate your toys, you'll be able to donate your toys. Once again, if anybody listening today wants to be involved in gathering up toys, your business, your church organization, you have a large family that wants to do it, make sure and get a hold of Nate at nate at kboi.com. He'll make sure that you get a box because one week from this Friday, we'll get underway with Idaho's largest toy drive. Christmas, by the way, for those of you keeping score at home, six weeks away from today. Six yikes. weeks. I know, yikes. <laughs> guess I guess I should start shopping. Um, some fabulous games yesterday. D- did you get a chance to watch that Buffalo? Oh, yeah. I watched uh, that whole thing. Oh, my God. Buffalo Vikings. Um, you could have missed the first uh, four quarters and eight minutes, mm-hmm. and you could have just seen And it was still one of the greatest games greatest you're ever going to see. Yeah, uh, that you're going to see definitely they, this year. You know, Buffalo stopped uh, the Vikings on the one-inch line, basically. 
but then screwed up when they got the ball. I, as soon as I saw that, I go, oh my gosh. I go, they're not out of trouble here. First of all, there's a lot of time left. Second of all, they're on the one-inch line. And sure enough, the very next play, you, fumble for a I, touchdown. I, I, and and I, I pointed out that in the past few years, there have only been twice that a quarterback fumbled on the one-inch line, and both times it was Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, the other game yesterday, um, not as good a game, anywhere close to as good a game as that, but the uh, start of the day off at 7.30 in the morning, yeah. Seattle Seahawks taking on Tampa Bay in Germany. And the most amazing thing to me is, this is, first of all, first time ever the NFL has played in Germany, and I guarantee it's not going to be the last, just the because stadium of the was crowd. packed. First of all, it's a huge soccer stadium. And, and second of all, it was just packed with people. Three million requests for tickets for this game. Wow. Three million. Now, the stadium does not hold three million, just no, to give you an idea. Most don't. Um, the crazy thing about this crowd, somebody has to explain this to me. Why, oh why, is the entire stadium singing Take Me Home, Country Roads? Music is universal. <laughs> this is in the middle of the game, by the way, that the whole yeah. stadium started singing that. It's also a 50-year-old song. The other crazy part was, usually when people are headed to the exits when the game is over, immediately, nobody left. Nobody left after the game. And then after the game, they sang uh, Sweet Caroline. Everybody stayed and sang Sweet Caroline why after not? the game. It was just crazy. You don't see that in the United States. People would have been lefting, leaving in the fourth quarter to beat traffic. Uh, the crowd was just absolutely That's kind of funny. Uh, a lot of places you think, well, people don't like Americans all over the world. And then you go someplace and they like doing American stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was very cool to watch. So I'm pretty sure the uh, NFL is going to be going back to Germany sometime soon. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And all the way in 20 minutes, we have the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Any one of the Blaze Pizza locations throughout the Treasure Valley, if you can answer our question this morning, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Any help with selling or buying real estate? Maybe you want to invest interest rates dropped a half over half a point last week they can help you out 208-888-4128 our question uh today uh once again certain groups of american citizens are not required to get social security numbers here in the united states our question today which are those groups plural groups if you know the answer stick around 20 minutes from now we'll give you a chance to win don't forget on the way in about uh 45 minutes or so we'll also give you a chance to get that Lock, stock, and barrel gift certificate. If you know the play of the game, Rick Worthington play of the game from Saturday night's Boise State game. Coming up here next hour, we'll give you a chance to win that. We also have tickets to the Snowmobile Show going on this weekend. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to win, call us now, 208-336-3700. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to participate in the show, you can also do that by emailing chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Send us uh, an instant message, or you can also um, text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Don't forget, uh, coming up this coming Saturday night, it all comes down to this game for the Boise State Broncos. Win, (laughs) and they will be going to the championship. (laughs) 
Isn't that every week? It's the most important game until next week. This will be the most important game we played this week. However, we can say if Boise State wins at Wyoming, um, next week won't matter. I mean, it matters, but it won't matter in the grand scheme of things against Utah Utah State. Because they'll have the Mountain West Championship. They will have wrapped up the uh, division side. uh, Is it the Mountain side for the uh, championship? You have to actually play in the championship game for it to be a championship. Now, the one thing that it could come down, it may still matter. Actually, come to think of it, because the team that gets the home field game is the team with the best record. San Jose State, if Boise State uh, loses um, after, if they win against Wyoming and lose against Utah State, there still could be a possibility San Jose State would get the home field mm-hmm. advantage, which you definitely want to be playing at home. Well, yeah, I mean, San Jose State, they could have a crowd of like what six seven thousand people show up and and be rooting for them so that's pretty intimidating yeah uh and and i say that because it could still shake out differently in the other division with san jose state and fresno state however san jose state is leading as of right now so once again we say this every week but this is the most important game boise state has played this year until next week exactly Coming up, we have the $50 gift certificate to give away to Lock, Stock, and Barrel, as we always do on the Monday after the latest game. Uh, if you know the play of the game, stuck around afterwards, you know which game or which play Rick Worthington chose. Uh, coming up here in about uh, 45 minutes or so, we'll give you a chance to uh, win that. By, by the way, uh, I was giving you Bronco game day information. Game will be uh, kicking off at 5 o'clock. I have, to, I have to tell you, after... Waiting and waiting and waiting for the kickoff until 8.30. Man, oh man, I do not miss late kickoffs at no, all. No, not at all. <laughs> By 9.30, I'm like, I want to go to sleep for crying out loud. Um, About 6.15, I was thinking, I feel like I'm missing the uh, game. Yeah, isn't it? it? It's been awesome to have the games kicking off early. Mm, to and be fair, I was watching another game at the time. Another kickoff, 5 o'clock. Uh, this will be going on uh, this coming Saturday, once again, you'll hear all the action here on uh, Newstalk KBOI. Pre-game gets underway with Worthington and Bronco at noon. Bob Beeler, Pete Cavender, Bronco pre-game at 4 o'clock, followed by all the action as Boise State takes on Wyoming beginning at 5 o'clock. And once again, we'll have another Lock, Stock, and Barrel gift certificate next week. That's why you want to listen after for the post-game activity. Uh, once again, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless um, email in. Uh, nobody, they didn't put their name on this, uh, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, your discussion earlier this morning with your financial advisor, how is it he didn't mention that FTX SBF was involved in laundering of U.S. funds? From what we've heard, the U.S. sent money to Ukraine FTX, who then returned it to the Democrats running for election in the midterms. And surprise, China was involved. I would also appreciate more in-depth reporting from your station on all goings-on in these midterm elections. Your station seems a little quiet on all that has gone wrong, which is weird for you to say that because we've talked about the elections almost every Mm -hmm. single day since the election. We haven't mentioned any of the stuff that's uh, big news on certain channels that didn't actually happen. Because we try to avoid that. Now, your FTX thing, um, as far as money laundering, we don't know yet. We yeah. don't know what that money, if it was money laundering, if it was just somebody out and out stealing it. Um, I, I did, when you got you sent your email in, I, I went and did a little bit of a search. Um, somebody on Twitter claimed that the money was laundered and given to Democrats to use in the election. However, I don't see any reputable news source claiming that. That was just somebody on Twitter claiming that that's what happened. So... Um, it may have happened. It may not have happened. I don't know. So I'm not going to report it as fact until we actually know 
for sure that it has happened. And right now the investigation is just ongoing and the person who supposedly was running the fund and uh, has took off to the Bahamas. Has they? Have they, yeah. They has. <laughs> uh, let's see, Kent wrote in and says, I see two reasons why Republicans did so poorly in this election. One, lost faith in election process and feel the fix is in, so why vote? And two, excessive talk of a red wave months before the election gave the false hope that the Republicans would walk away with wins, so why cast a vote? Republicans also stay with the tradition of voting in person while Democrats vote early with easily available ballots. Republicans need to change that mentality. Yeah, basically, everybody. if you want to win, everybody has to vote. Doesn't mean, I, I, it doesn't mean you'll win, but, you know, as many... Yeah. As many people as possible should be voting. We'll talk more about this. I'm really curious. Do you really think that's the reason why um, Republicans lost in this is they, they just didn't vote? Is that and I don't have an answer, but I, I am curious what people are thinking now. I mean, President Trump is getting a large amount of the blame as of right now. Um, it could be a lot of things. Uh, a lot of the women's groups said they were going to come out in force and uh, vote Democrat because of Roe versus because Wade. Because of, uh, you know, yeah, Roe versus Wade. So it, it, do you think that is the reason? Um, I, I, I'm just curious. There's no right or wrong answer here. There is, uh, there are, there's blame being put on uh, the GOP for money and how they spent money. For instance, millions of dollars were spent in Alaska where you had a Republican running against a Republican. Mm-hmm. And they said that you didn't need, you were going to get that race anyway. So why were you spending millions of dollars in Alaska? for one Republican over another Republican when that money could have been better spent in Nevada and Arizona. I don't know if that's true or not, if that money would have been better spent in Arizona. But, I mean, based on the results, if you're results-oriented, you can look mm-hmm. at it and go, you know what, maybe they're right because, you know, that's that's what flipped right there is, More, is the reason they have the Senate is Arizona and uh, Nevada. Money, money equals results in elections a lot, but not every time. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk more about this after 9 o'clock this morning. If you want to weigh in right now, you can email us, Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. What do you look uh, at the reasoning for the uh, House and the Senate not uh, getting, definitely not getting a win in the Senate, and right now the House is uh, kind of up for grabs. Could be still looking like that. The Republicans are going to get a close win in the House, uh, but it is still up for grabs. What do you, what do you look as the uh, reasoning that... This wasn't a red wave, more turned into a red trickle, if, if a red anything at all. We'll talk more about it. Right now, let's get a check on what's going on with Bronco Sports Today. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Once again, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. We've got a $50 gift to get to Blaze Pizza, some delicious pizza from any one of the locations here in the Treasure Valley today. And uh, getting up first for grabs this morning, uh, Mary, our question. Certain groups of American citizens are not, I repeat, not required to get Social Security numbers. Which are those groups? The Amish and Mennonites. That is correct. We'll take that. The Amish and Mennonites who are self-employed are not required to get uh, Social Security cards or numbers because of religious exemption. However, 
If they are not self-employed working for somebody, they are required. But Amish and Mennonites, that's what we were looking for. And congratulations, Mary. You have earned yourself a $50 gift certificate once again to Blaze Pizza. Hold on the line. We'll get some information from you uh, on the way. Uh, keep in mind, we've got $50 gift certificates to give away all this week to Blaze Pizza. And Blaze Pizza is also one of our sweet deals coming up, the KBY sweet deal. Uh, we've got a double shot for you. And both of these always sell out quickly. Costa Vita, $50 gift certificate. For only $25. Blaze Pizza, $50 gift certificate. For only $25, both will go on sale at 9 a.m. sharp this Friday morning. Both will sell out quickly. So make your plans, set your alarm, whatever it takes to remember that they go on sale. And once again, we'll just tell you, pick your most favorite one first. Go for that one, and then if you have time, come back around and go for the second one uh, because there's a good chance, like I said, they sell out really quickly that you're not going to be able to get both of them, but there's also a chance that you could because there are two this week. Stay tuned. We'll take a break. Coming up after news, the bottom of the hour, Bob Beeler will be with us. It is Bronco Monday. We're talking about the latest game uh, against Nevada in the snow this past weekend and we have that $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. If you know the play of the game, somebody's going to win that on the way within the next half hour. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Bob Beeler. On your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 839, and this particular game, I think, is what most Bronco fans had hoped that they would see all year from this team. Put it all together, Mike. 41-3 against Nevada. They not only overcame what Nevada had to challenge them with, but had to overcome uh, some bad weather. There was some snow. There was some wind. Most of that was... In the first half, the second half was just cold, and it ended up being a pretty easy win. And it was about as balanced as you could get. 267 yards rushing, 261 passing, probably lost 30 yards on the rushing when they had the two bad snaps on the mm-hmm. on the field goal attempts. But uh, uh, not, mu- not much went wrong. Uh, interesting that Nevada only had 17 uh, uh, incomplete passes. Watching it felt like they had about a million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Boise State's pass rush got after him. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was a pretty complete game. Uh, Coach uh, Avalos said that he wanted to get off to a quick start. You score on your first drive, and you only let three points in in the whole game, and that's basically the last play of the first half. Yeah. So it uh, would have been nice to get a shutout, but uh, 41-3, to not bad. The other uh, thing that I watched in this, and just lament the facts, what would life have been like for Boise State the last two years with a fully healthy Halani because oh my gosh, mm-hmm. he is just an absolute different maker, difference maker when he is healthy. And I think too, when you look at their running game, he and and uh, Genty are just they'll give you something different. Genty mm-hmm. is just so powerful running up the yeah. middle as a backup. I mean, he'll just knock people over and you know pick yardage that way. And then Halani, there was one play where I think if he'd have cut on a regular field. You know, he'd have had another big run of 49 yards, maybe not 49, but another long run that might have gone for a touchdown. He negotiated the you know poor footing extremely well. He he does a great job at changing directions and cutting and having a sense for where the, where the hole is. And and you're right about that. I mean, you know, fifth game this season over 100 yards, twelfth game in his career, and you know when he gets to 100 yards, Boise State hasn't lost. 
the uh, other thing about the two running backs, it's just amazing to watch is they almost never go down first time they get hit. <laughs> I mean, they still go that with that one run with Helani. Uh, it's probably, in my opinion, the best run he has had in his career and maybe one of the best runs we have seen by a running back in the past decade. Um, it reminded me of Marshawn Lynch in that game against New Orleans with, with the exception of he didn't push somebody down in front of him. But the fact that he made that 49 yards and into the end zone was just yeah. absolutely amazing. And the offensive line did a great job because he didn't get touched for the first 20 yards. Well, and both of those guys, if you get them across the line of scrimmage, maybe five yards or so across the line of scrimmage, which is the line's job, then maybe you get some help from one receiver downfield because the receivers, I think, block pretty well. And then, you know, they make a cut or they run over somebody. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think Boise State, really good tandem of running backs that, that I think really gives them a nice edge. And I know Crow was in because it was a blowout, but he did a pretty good yeah. job. I mean, I, th- I think sometimes when you get down into the you know fourth quarter, a lot of times it's desire, and he runs hard. Yeah. He runs very hard. And you know, again, it was it was all Boise State, and I'm hoping I'm wrong when I'm saying this, but it was probably a good warm up to play in that kind of weather because we <laughs> might see it. This morning, and yeah. I'm using the word warm up in quotes because it's certainly not <laughs> going to be warm in Laramie. But uh, never the wind, is in November. No, I mean I, I don't know who we have to, you know, maybe you know how you when you go to a restaurant if you want a good table you you slide somebody <laughs> like a five or something. Who at the league office do we have to maybe convince to let us go to Laramie the next time we're there in September? Yeah, has that has, since you've been here? Yes. have we been in yes, September. Yes, it was very nice. Been in September <laughs> once. Well, it's too bad. It, you know, it can't be like uh, the COVID year where you could just do the game from here. <laughs> well, I was in the booth uh, at, at Nevada, so I, I can't complain. I wasn't out in the in the in in everything, and I and I always dress with layers because sometimes you don't know yeah. how cold the press box is going to be. And I must say that I did not have every single layer that I brought with me on during the game. So now I needed every single one when I walked to the bus after the game. <laughs> I was going to ask uh, what was the weather like once you left the. Uh, and actually, the, uh, playing late, it was better. the The wind had died down and the snow had stopped. The snow stopped about halftime, uh, so it was easier to get out because it can be pretty bumpy flying out of Reno. And it was not uh, after the game. It was nice. So. Um, Something like that, and I, I have been to one game at Reno the the year that we got to the Tostitas Bowl, okay. um, and the weather was a little bit, not quite as bad as it was. What's it like from being in the box trying to see? Because on television, it was difficult to see. Um, when you're there and the snow's flying like that, is it difficult for you guys to see from the box? No, it, it wasn't for me. I mean, I, I think maybe sometimes the, the snowflakes, when they're swirling, maybe are worse on television. Like a lot of times I've been to, say, a baseball game, and you'll hear people say, I'm surprised that they didn't, you know, stop the game and put the tarp on. Because sometimes I think the weather conditions looks, look worse looks on worse TV. It I, it, right. To see it wasn't that bad. I'm not going to speak for what it was like to handle the ball or cut or do, you know, whatever you wanted to do on the field. But as far as seeing it, it wasn't bad. Well, and watching the game, it looked like it seemed really, really cold and miserable weather for the uh, Reno team, and not so much for Boise State. (laughs) It's amazing how the outlook changes depending on how the score is going. And then at the end of the game, there was a section of Boise State fans that sat together, and they remained the whole game. That's awesome. Most of the fans from Reno left during the course of the game, Mm, and then the only other group that was there in mass was the Nevada band. That's true. It it did look... uh... Uh, kind of sparse there toward the yeah. end. Boise State had a lot more people at the end of the game there than, than Nevada did. 
It's 845. We'll take a break. Bob Beeler with us. It is Bronco Monday. Don't forget, we have a lock, stock, and barrel gift certificate if you know the play of the game. That's still on the way before the top of the hour. And when we come back, we'll hear from the coach. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk, KBOI. Bob Beeler with us once again talking about the uh, latest game uh, with the Nevada Wolfpack this weekend. And we've got some comments from uh, defensive player, offensive player, and we'll start with Coach Avalos. Just ask him his overview of getting a 41-3 to win over Nevada. Well, just the guys started fast, um, you know, especially in the conditions. You know, they, they loved it. I mean, they were having fun. They thoroughly enjoyed playing in the snow in the, in the first half. Um, that was awesome. We trained, you know, we trained all the way back in January, uh, Friday mornings. We were outside in, you know, in the freezing cold at 6.30 in the morning because we know that in our conference there's, an op- there's probably going to be opportunities and situations where we play in cold weather like this. And um, the guys did a really good job starting fast and let the conditions phase them, and, and they practiced really well, and they executed. We were balanced. We, uh, on offense, we uh, were very balanced. Even though it was snowing, we were still able to get some things done through the air. And the offensive line and tight ends came off the ball, and the, and the running backs ran really hard today. And that was awesome to see. We were able to do a solid job in the run game on defense and uh, be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Which is- He talks about pressure on the quarterback. We visited with Scott Matlock. He had one of the four sacks as Boise State's defensive line harassed the Nevada quarterback all game. Yeah, you know, we just wanted to to run our blitz patterns and then, you know, in the cor- correct way. We wanted to make sure that we leveraged him firstly, not let him get out of the pocket and extend plays with his with his legs. So, but credit to the coaches, you know, giving us some you know some good plays and putting us in good positions to go, you know, get get to the quarterback. And obviously, we were able to um, create some pressure, confuse him, and um, allow us more time to get home. One of the things in a game like Saturday, you have trouble sometimes with footing. We asked George Solani, who rushed for 115 yards, including that long touchdown, what the footing was like for him. Yeah, for sure. In the beginning, it did because uh, one of the carries in the first quarter, I kind of slipped and, and fell when it could have been uh, a better run. But, yeah, I think it's just uh, being patient, uh, having my feet under me, and just being able to uh, make those cuts and just have balance. Sometimes the offensive players are benefited when the footing is bad because they know where they want to cut and the defense is trying to react, and sometimes that makes it more difficult for them. And we'll finish up. George talked about his long 49-yard touchdown run. I mean, obviously, it's a, you know, it starts up front with uh, O-line tight ends and receivers just blocking their tails off. But um, So my read was, it was just a, a power play downhill run, run play, and um, – uh, Taylor Green handed it off, and the A gap was there. So I just took the A gap, and I ended up uh, bouncing it to the right side because I just seen uh, a lot of players to the left. So I bounced it to the right side, and from there it was just open field to run. Mike, you mentioned it, but I think it's true. He knows exactly where to cut. There, there's just something about that that I think you can't coach. It's got to be a a feel thing where a run, certain running backs just know where to cut. He has another year of eligibility. Is there any way we can talk him into coming back for one more year? <laughs> I hope so. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it be awesome? Yeah, we'll I, see. Yeah, I. It, in, it, it's crazy because I saw, um, uh, oh, the uh, offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter, last week talking about him, and when he, he said he took over for off, as offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. he said, uh, I thought that he would have, you know, uh, 
could play in the NFL as a third down back, said, now that I've had him here mm-hmm. and have watched him, <laughs> he's like, no, he's special. He mm-hmm. could probably play in the NFL, and that's why, unfortunately, I think we're going to lose him next year. But Enjoy him while we have knows? him, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I would definitely take Cutter's word for it, yeah. Yeah. as long as he was in the NFL. Yeah. It just It is so fun to watch him. This, I mean, his freshman year he was healthy, and then this year – back to fully healthy and just a completely different player than the last two mm-hmm. years um, with him being healthy. Just amazing how good he is. Yeah. Health is the biggest thing that you can have. I mean, makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, once again, uh, do we know anything? It, it, we're, we're still missing a bunch of players on defense, mm-hmm. um, and I know that the coaches don't mention it unless they're out for the year, um, but uh, we're going to need those guys down the stretch. Um, yeah, I mean, yesterday or Saturday, Boise State – did not have in the lineup. Noah was out. Washington was out. They've not been ruled out. And then Tarless, who has been ruled out. We had lost 13 of the 21 sacks that Boise State had wow. coming into the game. Didn't play. But they added four more yeah. against Nevada. Matlock just continues to be uh, a beast. We're going to miss him when he's gone next yeah. year, too. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's coming up uh, this week. We'll look ahead to the Wyoming game. How important is that for Boise State? And we'll look at the other side of the bracket on who, as long as Boise State keeps winning out, would possibly be playing in the Mountain West and where that might be played. That's more on the way when uh, Bronco Monday continues. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. As promised, we have the uh, KBOI Rick Worthington play of the game. After every game, Boise State plays. Uh, We give you a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel the Monday after the game. That's what we're doing this morning. And uh, guess what? Melissa, you're going to get first crack at her play play of the game this morning. First question I always ask, though, is did you listen to the post game afterwards to hear the actual play of the game? Are you just guessing? I actually stayed up late to listen to the play of the game. God bless you. All right, tell us what was the uh, play of the game Rick Worthington chose for us. It was the Halani 49-yard touchdown in second quarter. In the pistol, green in front of Halani. And he'll hand the ball straight up the middle. Missed tackles by Nevada. Halani gets to the right side, to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. Cuts back towards the middle, to the 10, to the 5. He's into the end zone. What a run for George Halani. 49 yards for George Halani for the touchdown. His ninth touchdown run of the season, and it's 20 to nothing. Congratulations, Melissa. You got it. (laughs) Paying off really late paid off for you. Hang on the line. We'll get some info (laughs) from you. Um, There you go. $50 lock, stock, and barrel gift certificate going to uh, Melissa this morning. By the way, keep in mind, I don't know if you knew this or not, but if you go to lock, stock, and barrel on uh, Sunday evenings, you can get a prime rib dinner, entire dinner for two, not just the prime rib, and then you have to pay extra for all the other stuff. You get an entire prime rib dinner for two every Sunday at Lock, Stock, and Barrel, so that's where the $50 yeah. can really pay off. They don't really do a la carte unless you happen to order it that way. The uh, 50 or the $50, usually, if you uh, go someplace, they're going to charge you $50 most times for one prime rib dinner, let alone yeah. two. Um, and not only that, but Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Just absolutely fantastic food. So we'll give you another chance. You didn't win this morning. Make sure you're listening in after the uh, game coming up Saturday against Wyoming. Rick Worthington will choose 
once again a play of the game and then next monday morning we'll have a chance for you to pick up a 50 dollars gift certificate to lock stock and barrel we only have two more games uh left so far in the regular season now um it's looking like that they'll make the uh Mountain West Championship. If they do, they got to get a win against uh, Wyoming. But mm-hmm. if they make the Mountain West Championship, we'll have lock, stock, and barrel gift certificate to that. And then if they make the uh, any sort of uh, playoff game, um, then you also have a gift certificate. So there two to four more chances for you to pick up that lock, stock, and barrel gift certificate. So uh, keep on listening. Keep on trying to win. Phone lines are open this morning. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy. On your Verizon wireless, asked a question uh, that I told you we were going to talk about this morning. Um, still, here we are. Tomorrow, it's going to be one week since the election. Still do not have the final count in the election. We do know, however, that the Senate, Democrats will retain control. That was uh, figured out over the weekend um, as we uh, took our weekend break and went on uh two-day break for the weekend, we told you that if Democrats won both Nevada mm-hmm. and um, Arizona. Arizona, that that would close the door on the Senate and, being won by Republicans, and that's what happened. And now, with the uh, it's still up in the air in Georgia. Uh, if the uh, Republicans win in Georgia, if Herschel Walker wins, it'll be 50-50, with the tiebreaker going to the vice president, who is a Democrat. And if uh, you know Warnock wins, it'll be 51-49. Yeah. So either way, uh, Democrats are going to retain control of the Senate. The uh, House still up for grabs. However, uh, it's leaning to the Republicans. And I saw a little bit earlier this morning, one of the uh, stations, MSNBC, was saying, as of predictions right now, it looks like it'll be uh, Republicans overturning the House by one. It would look They, they had predicted 219. You need 218 to have control mm-hmm. of the House. Um, there are currently 11 races that have not been called. Ten of those seats are considered battlegrounds. Um, the seats that have not been called uh, in nine of California's uncalled and competitive races, California's 3rd, 9th, 13th, 22nd, 27th, 41st, 45th, 47th, and 49th. Three of those uh, were leaning Republican. For Republicans, California could help them get to the edge in clinching the majority if candidates hold their leads where they are currently holding leads. That's weird to be counting on California Republicans. Isn't it? That's what I thought, too. Um, But here's the deal. For any chance for Democrats to hold the House, they have to win the 22nd, 27th, and 41st district in California. All districts where the Republican incumbent is in the lead right now. If Democrats win all three of those races in California, the odds go to the Democrats that they can hold the House. If Democrats lose one of those three seats, the odds go way down. And if they lose two of the three of those seats alone, uh, the door um, slams shut, Mm -hmm. according to uh, analysts. So as of right now, it's it's looking more and more like you're going to see split Congress, but not by a whole lot, which is problematic in itself, as we mentioned this morning. You run into the same problems if the Republicans hold on to the uh, House as Democrats did, because you have a splinter group of fringe Republicans, conservatives, Mm -hmm. the the Freedom Caucus, who would have a lot of power, just like you had AOC and her, um, or her, uh, what would you call it? The harem. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, squad. Her, her squad um, caused problems for Democratic leadership because they always wanted something in return if they were going right. to help them vote. Um, Freedom Foundation may be doing the same thing if the House has a small majority, and they would have to have them if they want to help control and the agenda in the House. And don't forget rogue congressmen. <laughs> There's always going to be one or two of those. Uh, it is just still just weird to me that we're, too, we're going to be a week out tomorrow and we still don't know never, the results of all the elections. When, when nobody agrees, I never really see that as a problem because if nobody agrees, then you're not going to be passing a lot of things that don't need to be passed. Exactly. Um, um, I just, Mary, oh, I just want to throw this out there right. before you get to that. Um, this was a question we asked earlier, and if you want to weigh in now, uh, good time to call us up at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, what do you think went wrong th- with uh, Republicans not getting as many votes as a lot of people were predicting? Polls were predicting a possible red wave, at the very least a red ripple, and that's not turning out to be true at all. Or did anything go wrong? Well, did the Democrats as, just have a better message? You know, the way polls are done now, it's the, the same way they were always done. They call phone numbers and talk to whoever answers. And a, a large percentage of, of people now, if, if they have a, a number they don't recognize, they do not answer it. Mm-hmm. They wait and, and see if somebody left them a message. And pollsters will not leave you a message. They'll just go on to the next yeah. number. So what you've got are uh, polls that are taken among people who are still answering dumb their phones. Dumb enough to answer their phones. <laughs> well, I'm not, not dumb enough, but still answering their phones. And for the most part, it tends to be, it, that, that tends to skew slightly older. And as do uh, Republicans. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, James and Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, man, uh, Ammon Bundy seems to keep uh, breaking laws. We've got uh, political signs still on uh, 12th Avenue out by Lakeshore. He never gets, uh, he never gets uh, condemned or uh, he never has to... <laughs> What's the right word? He never, he never penalized or or doesn't deal with the penalty. He just walks around, man. I, th- I, think, I, I think somebody said uh, last week that he is getting a fine because, uh, yeah, clearly he has not collected uh, very many of his signs. When do, when, do the right. signs, when do the signs have to, campaign signs have to be <laughs> like, done, do we know? Like the day after the election. Is it the day after? 48 hours, yeah. yeah. 48 hours, two, two yeah. Days, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, the, I've seen signs up all over still. So by 8 o'clock last Thursday. This guy this guy gets away with murder and we just let it keep happening. What's going on there? You know, so anyway, I better quit talking. I'm going to start swearing, you know. So. <laughs> well, and we appreciate Then we'd have to hang up. So, you know, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for the call, James. Appreciate it. Um, I don't know what the fine is for not having your cam. I'm guessing it's not a lot. Uh, I think it's like $500. Mary wrote in and says, my 19-year-old granddaughter voted for the first time because she was deeply disturbed over the repeal of Roe v. Wade, a right of autonomy she was born with. She is also very angry over the walk back of laws that protect the environment since she is a STEM student studying environmental engineering at Northeastern. 18% 18% more young first-time voters voted in 2022 than in 2018, and their key reason was the repeal of Roe v. Wade and environment. They voted against candidates who do not support these issues that are key to the future. Irrelevance is catching up with those who want to go backwards on human rights and Earth's environmental future. The older generations are not listening to these young people who really do matter and who see this blind spot in our aging elected officials. 
And that, I mean, quite frankly, is a question we asked before the election. Are people going to care more about um, Roe v. Wade, for instance, climate change, or are they going to care more and vote with their pocketbooks well, and see, with that's inflation what I, and how much everything I, costs nowadays? I admit that before the election, I figured that the Republicans were going to take both the House and the Senate because I said you people, and I both predicted people, that, yeah. yeah, people will be voting with their pocketbooks or their wallets like they do. And they don't like inflation. They don't like the gas prices, et cetera, et cetera, right now. And so that's how they would vote. And not everybody apparently voted that way. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, as we uh, continue to wait for all, all the votes to be counted, uh, California has quite a few uh, of their districts that have not reported all their votes in as of yet. Um, we're just asking the question. It's looking like if the uh, House does flip to Republicans, it's going to be very, very small majority. Um, and like I said, there's no wrong answer to this. Do you see anything that went wrong in uh, how Republicans ran? Was it a bad message? Was it bad candidates? Was it Trump? Was it the Democrats had a better message? Or as you just heard from Mary, her daughter saying that... Or from me. Younger yeah. younger people were going to vote because um, they didn't feel that, you know, Roe v. Wade, for example, or climate change was being represented by Republicans. Or like I said, are the pollsters just not talking to everybody anymore? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Just want to get your thoughts. Go ahead and weigh in. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 922. He's Chris Waldman, Mike Casper. Phone lines are open if you want to get through. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, email uh, in says uh, that your newsroom uh, said that Ada County picks up any left-behind signs. There is no fine or penalty, but there might be a small collection fee charged if the candidates want to pick up their signs, um, which I think is is true that there isn't a fine. Now, Bundy did get fined for um, one of his campaign signs, but it was because it didn't say clearly paid for by Bundy and had nothing to do with the oh, you mean that one afterwards. That said, the one that said do not vote? Yeah. Um, that was a weird campaign. That he was, that he was fined for, but uh, apparently in Idaho that you are not fined, I don't believe, if you don't pick up signs. Um, however, you know, it's probably not a good look for you if you leave your signups for, you know, if you're into December and your signs are blowing all around littering, people probably aren't going to necessarily like that but i don't think there is an actual law that says that the campaign must take down their own sign so i think that uh the person who wrote in there is correct on that john has written in and says regarding president trump running again it all depends who steps up ideally i'd like to see ron DeSantis be who the republicans put forward if that is the case then donald trump needs to go into a support role and step aside for me mr trump goes into has-been category along with Barack Obama, Bush, Clinton, both Bill, and Hilarious. I I will say, and you've started to see this already, where Trump is starting to slam DeSantis. I think that's the worst thing he can do. Because he is so popular right now, um, by ridiculing DeSantis, you're splintering the vote or possible vote for Republicans coming up in the presidential election that is two whole years away. I, I don't I don't foresee DeSantis even announcing 
if, and we don't know if he is, that he would run for president for another year, at least another Probably year. Probably not, considering he just got reelected. Yeah. He, he owes it to his voters to be running, you know, the, his, his state instead of running for president this, just as soon as he gets voted in. So I don't, I don't look for him to announce for at least a year. Um, and like I said, there, just because you like Trump doesn't mean you have to hate DeSantis and vice versa. If you're a Republican, just because you like DeSantis, you don't have to hate Trump. Both of those can, can both work together to hopefully, if you're a Republican, get Republicans back in power. Mm-hmm. Um, At the moment, uh, you know, personally, they're kind of jockeying for position. But. Yeah. And, and I think J- Trump is jockeying with nobody because nobody so far, has, and I think, I don't think there's going to be anybody. And we'll find out tomorrow because that was uh, the rumor that he was supposed to, uh, you know, announce. On the 15th. On the 15th. So I guess we'll find out if he is announcing this this early. But, man, I really think it's a mistake to be slamming DeSantis at this at this point. Um, I get it that he has to have an enemy. He's one of those people that has to have an enemy to, uh, you know, help with his message. But I, I think it's a mistake for him, and that's just my personal opinion. Mel and Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. This is Mel. Yes, Mel. What can we do for you? Yeah, well, misinformation is a big part of campaign stuff now. What they were, Democrats were talking about, if you elect a Republican, our democracy is gone. And uh, actually, Obama was out there touting that. But back in 2008, he said, uh, so many more days, and we will fundamentally transform America the way America does things. He was a threat and still is a threat to democracy. Number two, they were saying... If you get Republicans in there, they will kidnap your kids and kill them. Uh, there's no truth to that. Who but, said that? Uh, who, yeah, who said that? I hadn't heard that one. Our kids, the people that are hurting our kids are the ones that's trying to change them from a biological male to some kind of a, a dwarfed <clears throat> transgender something against the consent of the parents. That's doing more damage to our kids and misinformation. But anyway... Uh, our world, world is full of it, but the trouble is uh, the Democrats have the big bullhorn, and uh, and just they were all talking about the threat to democracy, and they themselves are the threat to democracy. I could go on and on and on and on, but uh, we're in trouble in this country, big trouble. All right, thank you, Mel. Thank Appreciate you. it. I yeah, I'd, I hadn't heard the anybody say that the, if you vote for Republicans, they'll come kidnap and kill your kids. I, yeah. I, the worst I heard was if you vote for Republicans, they're going to take away your uh, Medicare and uh, your Social Security. And, and in, in particular, I don't think it was just Republicans. The, uh, the pundits and whatnot were saying that if you vote for uh, Trump or the uh, candidates that he endorses, that somehow, I, I guess, democracy was going to go away. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. News coming up here next. If you're on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you uh, when we come back. question we're asking this morning as we start to uh, cuss and discuss the latest election, midterm election. Um, the red wave did not happen. Uh, red ripple didn't happen. Maybe a red trickle. Um, is there anybody to blame? What do you What do you blame for the Republicans not doing as strongly as they were expected to do? Was it just a uh, misreading of the polls, or is is there certain things that you think are the reason? Bad messaging, bad candidates, whatever. 
It's just your opinion, no right or wrong answers, but love to hear from you. 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 935, uh, phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. This morning, cussing and discussing. Most recent election, even though we uh, don't have everything in as of yet. Senate's going to be controlled by re, uh, Democrats. House looking like it's leaning to Republican, but there is uh, still a pathway for Democrats to retain control of the House, even if the Republicans do win the races that they are leading in as of right now. And that's why... Um, uh, MSNBC, mm-hmm. Fox, uh, everybody reporting that it's looking more and more like it is going to be uh, overturned uh, Democrats to Republicans in the House, although it will be a very small majority. Um, this is not what the polling said, not what predictions. Even CNN, MSNBC thought that the House possibly was going to flip by a greater number um, than what it's looking like it's going to happen. So uh, we're just asking the question today, uh, a week aw- or a week since the election, which will be tomorrow, um, what do you think went wrong? Or did anything go wrong? Was this, you know, what you predicted? Was it because of Roe v. Wade? Got the uh, email in a little while ago saying that, uh, was it her daughter? Voted um, for the first yeah, time ever. N- 19-year-old daughter. Yeah, and uh, the reason a- that she thought it was important was because of the Roe v. Wade decision and also mm-hmm. climate change. And she, the, the, her daughter is uh, studying environmental science. So, you know, right there, she, she would be uh, probably someone concerned with climate change. Kevin in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, guys, it's Kevin here. Uh, there's a couple things going on with the midterms. And I think the biggest and most important one is that the Republicans kind of ran an entirely negative campaign. They didn't really have, like, a real message. And it's not even that the message was bad. It's more like they spent the last year just saying, let's go Brandon and the Democrats are doing a bad job and everything. And I think that's, you know, that's all good and fine. You know, it's, it's a fine observation to make because they are doing a bad job. But you also have to come back with what are you actually going to do to fix any of these problems or make the situation better. And you didn't really hear a whole lot of that, even in like, you know, all across the country, you can look at different campaign ads and it was pretty much all just whoever the Democrat is in charge currently, they're doing a bad job but there was no actual proposals being put forward. The second thing I think is that uh, establishment Republicans have a pretty long track record of not seeming to really care what their constituents think all that much. And I think there's kind of a, a fine line we have to walk between the Freedom Caucus stuff where people, you know, some people get a little nutty with the, you know, um, uh, the, the stuff about questioning the elections and everything. Maybe people mm-hmm. go too far off the reservation with that, right? But at the same time, People are also tired of the, you know, conventional old school establishment Republican stuff. And, you know, the fact that Trump became president is kind of evidence of that, that there's some kind of balancing act you have to do where we can't just have the same old Republican Party forever. But you also can't go too off into the weeds and, you know, go completely nuts with the uh, the Freedom Caucus type stuff, you know. So it's it's this weird situation we find ourselves in where I think the Republican Party is going through a lot of growing pains and there's really going to need to be a lot of like active participation and a lot of like really thinking about where things are going to get things on the right track going forward. All right. Thank you for the uh, call. Thank you for the thoughts, Kevin. Appreciate it. Uh, Aaron Boise. Good morning. You're on news talk KPOI. Well, I mean, I didn't predict that, uh, 
we would lose this bad, but I, I didn't think we were gonna, that there was going to be a red wave. I mean, I was going, where are these 40, 50, 60 seats going to come from? We took a look at the map. Where are they going to come from? Chicago, California? There was nowhere, not much seats to pick up, in my opinion. But, yes, absolutely, messaging was horrible. The Republicans are all about what they're against, not about what they're for. Uh, people I blame for this, Mitch McConnell, uh, McCarthy, and Lindsey Graham. And Mitch McConnell only gave money to candidates he liked, but not candidates. That, uh, uh, Lindsey Graham proposed a nationwide abortion ban. Well, there goes your argument that it should be left to the states. McCarthy came out with his new plan for America or contract with America. I'm a political junkie, and even I don't know what's in that thing. <laughs> if I don't know what's in it, then well, what makes you think the average Joe knows what's in it? And another thing, the millennials and Generation Z, they turned out huge in this election. And to all their Republicans, like, what, they don't care about inflation and this stuff. No, they, millennials don't care about inflation. They pay $500 for, for new iPhones. So they care about gas prices. Wait, wait, no, wait. Where are you finding an iPhone for only five hundred dollars? <laughs> those those suckers are twelve hundred dollars, not five hundred. I see your yeah, I, mean, I see your you point. Get a, you can get a reconditioned one for five hundred. So, so you you blame it on uh messaging mostly is what you blame it on. Well not just messaging. Uh Trump deserves a little bit of blame too. He picked Doctor Oz just because he was a TV celebrity like him. Uh, J.D. Vance was the only uh, pick Trump uh, made that actually did very well. Uh, and I, and again, I, I don't know what it's going to take for the Republicans to get their act together in Nevada. I know, I know they just won the governor's race. That's nice, but we still can't win the Senate or some other congressional seats. I, uh, but like I said, I took a look at them at the map. I was like where. Republicans were so overconfident. Oh, we're going to win 50, 60 seats. And I'm like, from where? Seattle, Portland? <laughs> uh, it, it's like, uh, you, with the country's red enough. You got, you, yeah, we gained seats in Florida. We gained seats in Virginia. We gained seats in New York. Um, and we might gain some seats in California, but that's about it. It's like, where, where are these seats supposed to come from? And the Senate, I, I I, I'm not surprised we lost the Senate. That was a tall order to begin with, and I'll tell you why. On Election Day, the Republicans started at 29 seats. The Democrats started at 36. The Democrats just needed to win 14 seats, and the Republicans had to win 22 seats. A very tall task yeah. to do. That would be equivalent on a football game of there being 11 players on offense and 22 players on defense. So <laughs> that was, the Senate was a tall order to begin with. All right. All right. Aaron, great thoughts. Uh, appreciate the phone call this morning. Mary wrote back quickly, and she says, granddaughter, not daughter, the 19-year-old. Grand that was her granddaughter. Okay. And I should have remembered that. And she also said, Michael Savage used to say all the time, the person who controls the language of the debate controls the slant of the argument. To call it blame instead of cause is a way Mike is doing that. Because you said who's to blame for what happened. Mm -hmm. Or I don't I, bet, who, I, I, I feel like it's... You, I said who do you blame? I feel like it's the same as, as what's the cause. But uh, but Mary says that's that's different. So. Uh, Terry, Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Yeah, hello, can you turn your hair dryer off? Just kidding. <laughs> okay. It's very loud. I'm just driving down the road. Yeah, I, we can, yeah. Hear, we can hear the engine, so go, go ahead. My concern is that the media slants to the left so badly that the, the bulk of the public doesn't get a fair reading on what the Democrats us the republicans can do for us uh on day one 
Biden stopped the Keystone Pipeline and threw a, a blanket over the, the uh, oil industry. And that's why we're not energy independent today. And the inflation rides on that oil cost and our world safety security rides on that oil cost. And as far as the Republicans getting a message across, it's not so much what we're going to do. It's what we would like to stop the Biden and the Democrats from doing. What, what percentage of people in this day and age do you think watch the news and just believe all of it? I think uh, the, Dem- the hardline Democrats are going to vote regardless of what the news says. The independents are the ones that are swayed. And I don't understand a, a moderate independent because that means you don't believe in anything until you hear something new. Uh, <laughs> but it seems like the... The media slants it so hard that anybody that's undecided and listens to the news is going to be swayed to the left. Uh, Interesting. Take. The Democrats want they want to transfer us over to green energy in the near future with our current technology level. We don't have the the solar and the wind generation sciences down to to a functioning level yeah they work but when the wind quits blowing and it's two o'clock in the morning there's no power being generated but you still need power and so you've got to rely on on fossil fuels until they get the green perfected got it and if the democrats carry on like they're doing they're going to choke us financially to death trying to do that all right thank you for the call and the thoughts appreciate it 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless uh email in uh we were had somebody talking about uh democrats claiming republicans said that uh, if you vote republican they're going to arrest and kill your children um, this person wrote in and said, you didn't hear it. If you vote Republican, they'll arrest and kill your children because you're no longer a credible news source. I heard it repeatedly from valid news sources. Those uh, who are true journalists that they really want the truth no matter which side they said. Once more, it would be refreshing if you would just put some depth and truth to your reporting. So like watch Newsmax? I guess. Okay. I, I don't necessarily know what he considers or she considers a reputable news source, but... You and I sit here four hours a day watching uh, reputable news sources, Fox, CNN, um, NBC. Um, I mean, granted, uh, all of them have their biases, but not one of them ever reported that, uh, you know, Republicans were going to arrest and kill your children. Or the Democrats were saying that. Or the Democrats were saying that. And here's the thing. Um, even if a Democrat said that, I mean, I think well enough for myself that I know that that's not true. They're going to arrest and kill your children? Yeah, that doesn't seem particularly likely. If you likely. vote for a Republican? So does that mean, you know, you know, I voted, I mean, okay, I voted let's, Republican. Let's put it this way. So does that mean that here in Idaho they're okay. going to arrest and kill our children now? Here, here's the no. deal. Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think those who are easily swayed are only the really stupid people? Well, according to that email, or, or, are yeah. there, or are there people, <laughs> Or are there people who are intelligent, informed, and things like that who are still easily swayed? Based on with some of the people that we run into here, there are probably some people that aren't smart enough to be swayed by something like, like that. Maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know them for for a fact. I don't know anybody that I run into that would be swayed by. Well, and, and hey, see, Republicans are going to if you on, vote on the, a Republican, the they're going to kill and uh, your children. On the one hand, people argue that uh, you know those who aren't particularly bright or are easily swayed by whatever they hear. On the other hand, the same people argue that those who aren't particularly bright. Uh, have an idea in their head, and no matter what you say, they're going to stick to that idea so they're not easily swayed by anybody. And the same people are arguing that about the same people. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, we'll take a break. A few more of your phone calls and emails coming up. Uh, we're talking about the most recent election, even though it's not completely finalized uh, as of yet for the House. Um, we'll take more of your phone calls. Cause for Republicans not to do as well as was expected. Uh, if you have your opinion, go ahead and give us a call. There's no right or wrong answer. Just curious what you think this morning. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Hey, the Dow is up again. Started out lower, but has climbed its way back to be up 63 points. So maybe we'll continue with last week's uh, great week. We'll keep you updated throughout the day. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Candace, Ontario, thanks for holding on and being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning. Can what you hear me? We, yes, what can we do for you? Uh-huh. So I was just calling to talk about the um, the midterms and how everybody's talking about um, we did horrible because there wasn't this huge red wave, red tsunami thing. Um, this is probably this conspiracy theory here, but I feel like there's probably some credence to be put into. We already saw that the Democrats were funding commercials for Republicans that they thought that they could beat, viewing them as like more extremists. Right. So what is there? I feel like since it wasn't just Fox News talking about that there's going to be this red wave, that Democrats were saying this to uh, motivate their base to get out and vote, like they're going to crush us, so we need to really come out and vote. And then we saw them come out and vote. And probably if this hadn't been touted by everybody, there wouldn't have been so much movement on the left to come out and vote. I mean, there's, that's probably completely out of, like, just wishful thinking. But I don't feel like it's that far-fetched since we've already seen Democrats manipulating the vote by doing these underhanded tactics already. Yeah, and you might not be wrong. I got to ask you, though, but do you consider, you know, saying, oh, my gosh, there's going to be a red wave. We're going to lose so big. Do you consider that manipulation or do you uh, consider that just uh, good campaigning? I guess that's a pretty fine line because what is the difference? (laughs) I mean, politics have gotten so dirty anyway, um, but... If it's a lie and there is no basis, it's just inflammatory words, then I don't know if I would consider that good campaigning because all we're doing is inflaming emotions and people are people are starting to vote purely on party lines instead of actually on issues. And we're never going to fix anything in our country if people can't think outside of what their party tells them to think, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 
it's uh, it, it would be nice if everybody agreed first of all on what the problems are there are plenty of things that some people think are huge problems that other people say well no it's not such a big deal i don't care and then uh, other than that uh, it would just be nice if we could you know it, when we find out what the actual problems are if we could just all agree on what yeah. needs to be done about them but that's a lot of times a mystery a uh, quick email here. How can they close the door on anything when all the votes are still not counted? True. The reason they can close the door is mathematically there's no way for Democrats to win if Republicans win those three seats. So it's it just comes down to math. That's why yeah. they said it closes the door. That's it for today. We're on a 20-hour break. Thanks for participating in the show. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow morning uh, here on News Talk KBOI. Uh, once again, have yourself a great day. Enjoy the sunshine when you get out there today.